right, it says we're going live. There we are. It says we're live. Uh, it is Tuesday night. It's 9 o'clock here in uh, the central time zone, which is the only time zone really that matters anyway. And uh, that means it's time for the Get Off My Lawn podcast. So welcome, everybody. We're glad you joined us. And uh, fresh off of a one-week hiatus, we did not, of course, have the, the live podcast last week just because somebody's mom and grandma share a birthday and it happened to fall on a Tuesday this year. So uh, we were doing family stuff, and uh, so we're back and, and glad to be back. We uh, I, I miss everybody when we uh, when we skip a week like this. So uh, so I'm glad that uh, glad we're back here. We've got a few more people that uh, are gonna hopefully be jumping in the uh, the panel here. But uh, for now, anyway, we will uh, we'll just keep it going and. Uh, Say hi to those of you who are already out there in the chat. Looks like uh, my lovely bride was first and foremost out there saying hi to everybody. Then we had Jay Brown. Blitz out there. Uh, Blitz, did I send you a uh, link? I might not have sent one to Blitz. If you want in here, Blitz, let me know. We'll get you a link sent out because I might not have you on my on my regular dis- distribution list yet. Um, who else is in here? We've got... Mike and SS Pawn, what's up, Stan? We've got 10X Shooters. Hey, were your ears burning? Because we were just talking about you. Uh, Snob's Wife is in the house. Keith Gregory's in the house. And there will be more coming uh, as the uh, notifications go out, I'm sure. So uh, for now, we will let everybody... Two live moves up there. Uh, We'll let everybody say hi, both of uh, my esteemed colleagues here in the panel. And uh, Squib, if you have a chance to say hi, we'll let you say hi real quick. Yeah, coming to you live from the automotive capital of the world. Hello, everybody. Motown. Cool. All righty. Squib, as most of you know, will be joining us once he's off work and can talk more. But uh, for now, we're glad that you're at least hanging out with us and listening in, Squib. You get a 30-minute break from my motor mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> um, let's see here. Who else do we have? We've got uh, we've got this fella from South Central Nebraska or Southeast Nebraska. It kind of depends on the the day of the week right now, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 pretty much from all over the state, really. When you think about <laughs> it, but yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, born and raised in Nebraska, and so I uh, appreciate the invite, uh, you guys. Check out my channel over on YouTube. It's called Travis P One One. Uh, we have a little podcast we do on Monday nights, usually Monday nights at 6 o'clock Central Time called Caliber Corner. Uh, our most recent episode did not go live because the internet went down in the town that I live in in multiple locations five minutes before I went live, uh, unfortunately. So if you guys want to watch Caliber Corner episode 107, check it out over on Unlimited Media's channel, Rich White. He uh, stepped up and hosted the episode, and then we did an episode tonight on my channel too. So thank you for the invite, man. appreciate it. Excellent. All righty, and we'll... We will probably have a few more people joining us as we go along here. Um, more and more people out there in the chat. Looks like uh, we've got Jason Stewart, Georgia Trucker 69 uh, out there as well. So, uh, so yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you on there, Blitz. I see your message there. We'll we'll get you on the regular distribution list. Anybody that wants to uh, join in the panel and and can uh, keep their language to a kid friendly level, uh, just let us know, and we will. Uh, We'll send you send you some links. So, all righty. 
hey, we've got some stuff happening over there on the... Yeah, cool. It makes a cool sound in my ears when it when we get an internal chat. Okay, Travis. T is out there. What's up, Travis? <clears throat> Alrighty, I was going to try and stall a little bit to see who else joined us here in the panel. Um, I know I've got the 402 Outdoorsman is... Uh, fighting some technical difficulties of his own, trying to get in the room. So uh, hopefully he'll be joining us. And uh, 402, I don't know if you're out there on the YouTube side right now listening, but uh, we're still hoping to see you. If not, at least hang out in, in the YouTube chat and uh, and talk to us. So fellow GunTuber is here. That's all it tells me right now. I can't see who it is. Well, we'll find out pretty soon. No kidding. Fellow gun tuber that just joined our panel. Say hi so we know who it is. Ah, it is the 402 Outdoorsman. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, thanks for uh, joining us, man. Glad to have you. It's about time. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, we didn't get a chance to get you in here and kind of show you the ropes as we were... Uh, going along here before we went live. So down at the bottom of your screen there, uh, if you want, you can turn on your camera. If you don't want to be have your face, you don't have to. Um, and then the only other thing is that mute button. And uh, if you're not talking and there's no ambient noise, don't worry about muting yourself. But if uh, if it gets to the point where, where your channel is kind of walking over whoever is talking, then we'll probably just ask you to mute yourself up when you're not uh, talking. That's about all there is to it. If you can mute and unmute and... Uh, and like I said, keep the language to a kid or grandma-friendly level, then uh, we will, we'll we'll get some people in here in the chat that, that maybe we don't see all the time. So very cool to have you, 402. We're, we're happy to have another Nebraskan in the chat with us. That way uh, that way uh, we can just kind of take over the world one, one chat panelist at a time here. Our numbers are growing, man, exponentially now. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And, and the more we do this, the more Nebraskans we find. Yep. It's cool uh, to uh, to have a little cross-pollination. That's what's happening right now. Um, because 402 Outdoorsman found me on Facebook and uh, then found me on YouTube. And uh, we've been talking a little bit back and forth. Um, if you have not yet been to the 402 Outdoorsman on YouTube, he's got a couple really cool product uh, uh, videos up there. So, so go check those reviews out. Um, I mean, he's no Travis P11 with the reviews, but these are Dude, good he's reviews. 402. He's a different phone zone than me. I'm the 308 outdoorsman. He's a 402. We, we can coexist happily, so it's cool. What, what are you going to do in a couple months when you're in the 402? I, I'm not going to lose my number. I'm going to say 308. <laughs> even though I'm, I'm originally 402 by origin. So I know. I know. It's craziness. It is. That's uh, There's only, well, I guess there's three now. There used to be only two area codes in the whole state. And uh, now there's a third when, one that, that's overlaid over top of the 402. So, when when did that happen? I didn't approve that. They didn't ask you. There's, there's a third area code, in Nebraska. There sure is. What is it? It's five three one. Did you not know that for real? No, I've never seen that pop up on my phone before. <laughs> they ran out. Uh, yep, they ran out of prefixes in the 402 area code, and Boy. so it's the same footprint as 402. Dude, but. Uh, New numbers, um, and it's mostly Omaha numbers right now, but new numbers are being released on that 531 area code that is Nebraska. We could have just accessed 308. There's plenty of space out here for everyone. 
You they know. couldn't though. They couldn't. It's not oh how it works. God. I guess. I don't know. You know Nebraska again. Another another pass backwards decision by Nebraska, right? <laughs> yeah. While we're at it, let's just not build a casino and keep losing our money to Iowa. But that's a whole other discussion. So, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, bro. I'm just... We've got one. We've got one that's less than an hour from here. It's in well, Nebraska. Sort of. Yeah. I know. It's no hair. <laughs> Right. It's no Binions or Harris, right? No, 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 that's true. It is. Uh, uh, anyway. It is native owned and operated. Um, okay, so uh, we've got a few more panelists that have joined us. So we'll say hello to all of our uh, latecomers here. We've got uh, Orange Man Bad, Obnoxious One. What's up? Yo, how you doing? I'm doing good. You doing good. all right? You doing all right? Doing okay. Doing okay. I'm, I'm Glad you're here. Thanks for hanging out with us. I was, I was first, just so you know. Well, thanks for getting here before everybody else did. You're quite welcome. <laughs> Next up, we've got our neighbor to the south, Mr. Gizzard Gary, everybody's favorite tactical rooster. Well, thank you for having me. I, of course, arrived fashionably late, so. <laughs> That's okay, though. That's okay. You can't be first like obnoxious every week. We can't all be obnoxious, although we can all try. If there's <laughs> anything Gary is, it's definitely fashionable. And late. <laughs> and if there's anything Gary is not, it's obnoxious. Oh, well. well <laughs> that's another story. But, yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Okay. Thanks. And we've got uh, uh, Rich White. This week, Unloaded is in the house. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here. Yeah. And then, last but certainly not least, we've got uh, the Kingpin himself. What's up? Sorry, I was just lagging a little bit. How you doing tonight? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Okay, well, now it's a party, and we're going to uh, get started here a little bit um, with uh, with the chat topics, and I don't know where this is going to go. I honestly don't even know how this chat's gonna, going to uh, fall into place here, but I was reading an article in, uh, I don't know what it was, American Handgunner, I think, here. Uh, a couple days ago, and it, it kind of made me think, well, yeah, we could just talk about this. Um, so uh, the article was about um, people that carry their firearm for self-defense. You know, you've got your CHP or whatever the initials are for the, the concealed carry permit in your state. Um, and then we've got, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people now have, uh, almost an entire generation has has fought this war on terror. We've been we've been going a long time now. So we've got more people than ever that are coming back, um, you know, being discharged, coming back to the states, and offering uh, training classes, you know, and things like that. And the 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 operator look right is becoming uh, kind of the kind of the thing to look like. And what I'm curious about is for the average normal, you know gun-toting, law-abiding citizen, how much of this super tactical stuff really is is practical? And I'm talking about, you know, having plate carriers, um, night vision goggles, the, the chest rig with, you know, however many different uh, magazines you can, you can carry along with you in one of those, the drop leg holsters, things that they look cool. And, uh, I mean, you can buy all kinds of fun stuff at the, you know, whatever Mall Ninja outlet, website or sometimes there's even a store in the mall uh that has that kind of stuff but there's a couple things we're going to go through here and uh and just kind of discuss the merits of what what kind of tactical gear is actually practical if you mostly just use your gun um or carry your gun 
for self-defense and you hope that you never actually have to use it. So um, I guess we'll, we'll just start off with the cool, uh, the cool fashion accessories like the chest rigs, the plate carriers, that kind of stuff. And we'll, I won't go around the horn and call on anybody. So just jump in um, as we can and we won't walk on each other hopefully. But uh, what do you guys think about uh, all that stuff as far as actual, uh, you know, ju just in the, the sense of the, the self-defense world first and foremost. Well, I've got my operator beard. Does that count? I don't know. Does it? Did you grow it? It's part of his ghillie suit. It's part of his camo. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the real question is, did you grow that beard because you like Cy Robertson? No, I, I grew it. Like him. I grew it because it makes my face look less fat. Well, you don't fit in Me unless too. you got a dad bod and a beard and you're partially balding on a gun channel. I mean, that's just the norm, Me right? Too. I mean, that's all dad bod, so. beard, start see, every party. single one of us, except for uh, David Boyks, he actually takes care of himself. But yeah, I have got more hair than it looks like on this screen. I just want people to know this is all hair. It doesn't look like it, but no, are you using I, Bosley? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, brother, but nope. <laughs> Dang it. All right, so I'll let you. Or when you're talking about this tactical gear thing, first of all, I just want to say that the internet, you know, is making this stuff even more affordable than ever. Not necessarily that it's going to be quality or not, but you have so much more access to this stuff now. Um, I think a lot of it just depends on how you prep. Are you prepping for a situation where you could be dealing with the worst at some point? Are you prepping for an environment that can turn into what Venezuela was three months ago, four months ago? Is that what you're preparing for? That might determine how you carry yourself daily, what kind of items you keep on standby in case you need them. I've got a plate carrier and AR-500 armor. I don't ever expect to use it, but if there ever be civil unrest, I've got this, this peace of mind knowing that I've got something there that could potentially save my life in a worst-case scenario. Um, and, and you can say, well, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. Knock out the power grid in America for a couple of days and then see how, how, how things turn when the neighbors start knocking on your door and, you know... Um, so, I mean, it just depends on what your mentality is. You might think, you know, I can get by just fine on a pocket knife and, or a pocket tool and a flashlight and my, my daily carry piece. You know, you probably can. I mean, I think 99% of your day you can get through just fine without that, with those things, you know. Um, but, again, a lot of it just depends on what kind of what kind of situation you're preparing for. Yeah, Not even preparing for, but just want to have on standby for peace of mind. Well, and that's really what it comes down to, isn't it, is what what is the likelihood of, of needing it. And I mean, if, if you like that stuff and you think it's cool and you've got the money to buy it, go, go for it. I'm not saying not to have the stuff, but what I want to know is how much of this stuff that I'm seeing on, on TV or in movies or whatever, you know, how much of this do I actually need? Um, and what can I justify and, and what is actually just a little, a little overkill, I guess. Um, Cause Part of the thing that, that or part of the issue I have, maybe I should say, with some of this stuff is, you know, when I think about what anti-gun people think about us, and I know that I'm projecting my own thoughts onto them, but the image that comes up in my mind and, and the image that we're always trying to combat, right, especially with every second matters, things like that, is the guy with, you know, the the crew cut that wears the combat boots and walks around with the drop leg holster and the plate carrier every day of his life. I mean, that's just his normal attire, you know, lives in a basement or a bunker somewhere or whatever. I mean, that's not us, right. As gun owners, that's not who we are. Um, most of us, I should say. 
it's not the normal everyday gun owner in America, but that's the image that we sometimes get, get painted with. And yeah. uh, so that's kind of in my mind. I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to combat that um, the other school of thought or, or the other end of that spectrum is the gray man, uh, you know, idea of just blend in. Nobody knows that you have a gun. If, if you're doing it right, they'll never know. Um, and I'm more subscribed to, to that end of things than the, the tactical, you know, mall ninja looking stuff. So I guess in my mind, I just want to get everybody else's thoughts on, on all that stuff. And is it necessary? Um, and there's some other stuff we're going to get into, but that's, that's the first part anyway. Yeah. Um, my take on this, if you want to, if you're prepping for an end of day scenario and you want to have your plate carry and whatnot in your house, fine, go right ahead. But for every day, Self-defense, you need a good holster, a good handgun, maybe a mat, a spare mag carrier, maybe a for the rest of your EDC, top it off with a flashlight and a knife, and you're good to go. You, no, nobody needs to be walking around on the street every day wearing a plate carrier. There's no that's no reason for that. You're not not you're not gonna be unless you're in a war zone like Iraq or Afghanistan or Chicago. <laughs> then, you don't, then you don't need to be worrying about wearing a play carrier every day. You know what I mean? So right. um, leave the play carriers at home, carry your standard EDC stuff, and everybody will be fine. All righty. Anybody else want to chime in on the idea? I'm hiding in a closet so I can talk. All right. Uh, yes. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of coming out of the closet jokes just waiting to happen. I was actually going to make fun of the crew cut combat boot living in the basement thing, but I, you know, I wasn't yeah, because, anything, so. yeah, because with the exception of the basement, you just described me, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I was going to wait. Yeah, wait you need an hour. operator beard, Squib. Yeah, I got a hot... Oh, I'm, yeah, I don't know if that'll work out, uh, but it is no shape November. Uh, no, I got on desert boots, and I do have a high and tight, but uh, I like what Travis said about the whole prepping thing. I think that if you have some of this gear for prepping, there's nothing wrong with that. I think wearing it to a rally, if it's allowed in your state, is a good thing because it shows that, look at me, I look I look like, you know, the, the stereotypical or whatever it is, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not breaking the law. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not. And I think that there might be some shooting competitions where you could make it a rule that you've got to wear certain gear to make it more challenging to shoot or something like that, where it might be appropriate to have it, or it could be really good on Halloween too. But uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, what Rich is saying, you know, you're really not going to need that for basic self-defense. Uh, leave it at home. I don't subscribe to the whole, you're going to scare the crap out of people. So don't wear it kind of thing when it, when it's in an appropriate place, like a second amendment rally at the Capitol. Not the state, or not the country's capital, but uh, your state's capital. If your state allows it, in my state, when I go to Lansing, there are guys wearing, they got body armor. Yeah, they got the operator beard too. Combat boots, camo, big buoy knives. They got, they got, uh, you know, uh, weapons slung, and you know, uh, hand, a sidearm, a rifle, uh, the whole. And they're the nicest people, honestly. They're not, you know, they look, they look mean and tough, and you know, like they're operators on it. And it's, nah. Now, it's just like when you see bikers. You see these guys that are bikers, and they look really tough, and they look like they're, you know, they're, they're criminals and all this other stuff, and that's on Saturday and Sunday. During the week, they're executives at an automotive company. Sure. 
the the only problem I will say with the whole tactical gear thing is, you know, nine times out of ten, when you see a mass shooter, those guys are wearing the tactical gear. The black cargo pants, the black boots, the black mask, the, the vest, the tactical vest. I mean, it's because they're going in with a mission, unfortunately, which is to take lives. But that's what people see, so that's what they, unfortunately, relate. Those people that are non-gun people, that's what they're going to relate to going with those 5'11 tactical pants and those boots and, and that kind of a look or appearance, you know, what, what are you going to do? You're going to go open fire on somebody. I mean, you know, you, you could get that stigma from people. Um, but unfortunately, like I said, that's just because of what's happened. I could see maybe having some negative connotations to, to kind of going out that kind of gear or overdoing it, you know, all the bad guys that wear that type of gear end up dead. So your AR 500 plate, you're still dead. That partly, you think that's because they're buying it off of geek.com just because it looks cool, but it's not actually as effective well, and, as it looks. And well, some it's probably because they get headshots. Well, some of them kill Yeah, I was going to say, don't protect too. your head very well. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm aware of the fact that some of them kill themselves, too. I was just making the point that sure. even with all that best material, if you don't use the material that you were born with between your ears, you're going to end up dead. Well, and I would argue that the people that are doing the mass shootings didn't get a whole lot of material between their ears when they were born either, but that's beside your point. I do agree with you. What about just to kick around, like if the zombies are coming down the street and you've got all this heavy gear on and flashlights and all that, you know, it, you're going to be hungry because there's no food. So a full-plated jacket's going to be heavy for you to carry when you're walking forever because you really have no place to go because the zombies are coming. Uh, your flashlight's going to break. The battery's going to die. Your, your scope is going to have broken glass in it sooner or later. So at some point in time, you're going to have to break your firearm down the bare bones and shoot it with the sights that it was born with. So, you know, I, I get it if, if, you know, the day of you want to have that stuff on. So if people are shooting at you, you give it a little bit better of a shot. But three days later... When most people are dead and there's no food, no electricity, no running water, you're going to drop all that stuff anyway. Yeah, I would I would say that's probably very true. Um, now, hopefully, we never have to find that part out. But I mean, I do think about issues like uh, you know the LA riots where um, the the residents and the shop owners in Koreatown were able to uh, keep everybody from looting, you know, their stores because they, they were prepared and they had rifles, they had ammo. Um, I don't know how many of them actually had any kind of body armor, things like that, but that would be a great example of a place that it's, you know, maybe even necessary definitely would be, would be a good, good thing to have with you. But these are extreme examples too, right? These are, these are things that don't happen very often. We're still talking about the LA riots because we haven't had a bad, bad situation like that since. I think the closest one that I can think of would be um, after the hurricanes came through in New Orleans or in Houston and uh, some of the things that, that happened there, the, you know, the gun confiscation, things like that, because they didn't want those things to happen in those areas. Uh, what about the riots in Ferguson? And the riots in Ferguson. Yeah, now here's here's something though I think it should be stated that even though some of us are saying there's an appropriate time and place to wear this in public 
I don't think anybody here wants to see the restriction of the ability to buy it by civilians. I think, in my opinion, we should be able to own anything law enforcement or military has. The simple fact that we can get it doesn't mean that we are going to get it, but the simple fact that we can get it, we have access to it, means that we're living in a free society. When they restrict these things, because they say, well, only police and law enforcement, that's where you have to start questioning, well, how free are we? Whether you buy it or not. No, I agree. But I, I said the same thing about a bump stock. I had no desire to buy one, but that that doesn't mean that I wouldn't fight tooth and nail against the legislation. And I tried. I mean, we all did our part doing what we could to, to try and fight that railroad job of a of a legislation. I, I shouldn't call it a legislation, of a regulation, because that was a law that was made inappropriately and illegally. But uh, since then, of course, the ATF said, well, we don't actually have that kind of authority. Now that everybody's chopped them up or or thrown them out or done whatever they did, lost them in a boating accident. So, but that's a great point. I, I definitely think that anybody that wants these things ought to be able to buy them because that's just part of being prepared in, in a lot of people's minds. I mean, I'm even seeing out here in the, in the YouTube chat, there's some people that, you know, like Travis, they have this stuff. They don't wear it, but they have it just in case. And I'm of the mindset that it's better to have it and not need it than it is to need it and not have it. So I sure don't fault anybody that, that does own the stuff. Um, and I don't even fault anybody that wears the stuff. If you think that it is an appropriate, uh, appropriate item, you know, for your daily wear and, and you, you live in an area that you're actually concerned for your well being, then, and it makes you feel better, go for it. Um, uh, I do draw the line at um, scaring the children and making them afraid to go to school because they're afraid to get shot. That is fear-mongering at its worst. Um, and uh, and I do think that the truth needs to be shed on, on that topic a little bit, you know, too. I mean, the people that are the people that are saying, well, you know, my kid's afraid to go to school and, and nobody should have to live that way. Well, nobody in the United States actually does have to live that way that didn't already have to. Uh, I know there are some bad inner city spots and, and those schools on the inside, they're pretty safe because you have to go through a metal detector to get in, but it's the, it's the school ground outside or the street, you know, just down the block, whatever. Those are the dangerous areas for the kids. It's coming and going to school or going home. Those are the places that the kids are in the most danger inside the school. They're locked down pretty tight. Um, so those kids probably don't have to have plate carriers in their backpacks. But, uh, you know, there was a huge upsurge in in the, the tactical backpacks that you could get for, you know, the the smaller children. And, and they could actually put a plate right in their backpack and, and wear that to school. You're still more likely to lose your child to a lightning strike than you are to, to a bullet in a school. So I'm not saying this to make light of anybody who, who lost somebody in a school shooting? Of course not. But again, what's necessary and what's just, how much is too much, you know? So as a parent, I can say that it is my job to assure my children that they are going to be safe, that the odds are in their favor going to school. However, it's also my job to tell them not to do what the school told them to do in the event of an active shooting and to do what I say because that's going to get them out alive. So, I mean, 
take it for what it's worth. I'm not. I, my kids had, had orders. Do not huddle in the corner in a classroom and and die. You go out that open window. You go out that fire exit. Just watch out and don't get run over by a cop car or an ambulance getting out into the parking lot. And that defies what they they've been told to do. But they understood. But they also they also know that the likelihood of it happening. They don't have to sit there in class wondering is today the day. You know, I mean, I, I always worried about them going off to school because I, I checked out my, my kid's school security and it's like, this is pathetic. Anybody could come in here. But, you know, the school board doesn't listen to parents and they have to attend school. And you also can't let the bad guys win by being afraid to do everything. What are you going to do? Wrap yourself in bubble wrap and stay home? So I think that when you, when you talk about the kids being scared, I think it's really on the parents to do their job, to reassure the kids. And, you know, I mean, part of that even, in, it's the same kind of mentality with firearm safety, right? You teach them how to safely handle a firearm so they don't have that curiosity and then an accident does happen, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, out there in the chat, Tack Daddy says there's a three-ring binder that can be useful too. And and again, I'm not saying that these are bad ideas, and I, and I definitely would not want to want to discourage anybody from from purchasing such a thing and if it gives you peace of mind or if it gives your child peace of mind then you know it's not doing any harm but uh because i've known some some people that have kids who even at a young age have really high anxiety levels and the only thing that'll keep them calm is you know finding what whatever that uh like the what was the movie dumbo with the magic feather Every kid's got that magic feather that makes them feel safer, whether it is in their mind or actual safer. If putting on a backpack and uh, they think that it's going to make them, you know, more safe, if that makes the kid to where he or she can can go to school and function and, and be okay, then yeah, you know, do it. But that again, I, I the reason I brought it up is to to say that the people that are actually you know trying to spread the fear and trying to convince kids that you know they're they're likely in any way to to have this happen to them nationwide no you're not likely to have it happen um can it yeah can it happen anywhere yeah do you need to have a plan yeah that's everything that's life but you also need to figure out the likelihood and plan for the things that are most likely to happen right i mean i don't have a fire extinguisher in my car could it catch fire yeah Am I more likely to have a flat tire? Yeah. Do I have a spare? Yeah. Because that's the most likely thing to happen. I've got jumper cables in case uh, the battery goes dead. You know, there are things that bad things that can happen in my car, but I don't, I don't plan for every eventuality. I, I figure out what's most likely plan for what I can. And then, you know, I have a plan for those other things if they were to happen, but, uh, but I don't think about them very much. So, well, let me ask you this. Are your jumper cables underneath your plate carrier or are they on top? It just depends. Usually when I'm wearing the plate carrier, I don't have jumper cables hooked up to it. Um, oh, you don't you don't leave your plate carrier in the back of your uh, your SUV? Well, you know, just in case. I don't I don't have one. Maybe I shouldn't tell people that. Maybe maybe I'm not safe now. But uh, but I have not got a plate carrier. So so no. All the only plates we have in our house are, are in the kitchen cupboard. Um, but you know what? I mean, I'm not saying that it, that I wouldn't take the opportunity at some point. And again, I'm not making light of having the stuff, but, 
but the the point is the the whole movement towards what is considered tactical i mean i think a lot of it is really good in a in a business sense if you sell this stuff then great you know but uh we're trying to i guess the discussion i want to want to have is how much of it's necessary and how much of it's just because we want it you know how much of it's cool which that's relative you know it, and it could be a lot of different people could feel differently about this stuff but uh next question that i have is training classes because there's a lot of people like i said before that are coming back starting up their own um consulting firms or training firms whatever becoming uh certified instructors and if I'm just the average, ordinary, normal, law-abiding, gun-toting citizen, what training is actually uh, something I, I should look for? And and what is the stuff that I'm probably never going to have to use? Like, you know, clearly um, shooting through car bodies or shooting while, uh, while repelling or something like that. Probably not something I'm ever going to have to deal with in my lifetime. Um would it be nice to know what my carry ammo will do to a car door? Yeah, that'd be cool to know. But do I plan my day around it? No, I, I don't plan my, my everyday loadout based on what's going to penetrate a car door or a windshield or things like that. Um, so when it comes to the, the tactical training classes, things like that, again, uh, what what's a good idea? And what is something that, again, if, if you can afford it, do it, but it's not something we would necessarily say you, you really should do where do we draw that line. I think, uh, maybe just a, uh, a beginner handgun course that goes a step beyond what you qualified for to get your CCW might not be a bad idea or maybe an advanced handgun course, just because it's going to give you more confidence and knowledge of your firearm, your shooting ability and like your physical capabilities. So I would say just a basic course minimum would be fine for the majority of the people you enjoy those kinds of classes, you enjoy learning and practicing in those kinds of situations, or maybe you used to and you want to relive that or whatnot, I can see why somebody would take a lot of these more advanced carving courses and tactical courses and stuff like that. Um, I would say just like, a, just at a minimum, some sort of like maybe an advanced handgun class would be, would be more than adequate for most people. Yeah, I was going to say basically the same thing. You would, I mean, if we're talking just regular, everyday self-defense, if somebody pulls a gun on you or whatnot. Yeah, basic fire um, handgun class and a basic first aid class. Yeah, definitely. You never know what may happen. You might get cut. Somebody may pull a knife on you and cut you while you're drawing your weapon, whatever. You need to know how to treat that before the paramedics get there because it could be just bleeding out and making it for the hospital or not. Well, and I would go so far as to say it doesn't matter if you carry a gun or not. You need to know some basic first aid. Everybody should know some basic first aid because anybody can get into an accident. It, it, nobody's exempt from that. So the the likelihood of needing to know how to apply a tourniquet, in my opinion, is way higher than needing to know how to do a one-handed reload it, you know, for my, for my carry gun. Um, people that have never touched a gun still still need to know first aid sometimes. So that's clearly a clearly a great thing. And I, I've never done a first aid course, not not since I was in grade school and, and uh, took the basic stuff that they taught you back then. So I that's something I really should look into. 
And I know another thing that, and I agree with, with what you guys have said, as far as like the basic, the basic and even the advanced handgun courses. Um, if I had those close by and, and I uh, could get to them a little more easily, I, I would definitely like to do a, a few of those. One more that I would add in there, and it's not a necessity. Uh, if I thought it was super necessary, we would have sought this out by now. But one course that I would love to take is the uh, the two person. Um, what to do in the event of a you know like a public shooting or thing like that, um, and and train with with a partner. And I would love for my wife and I both to to go through that course together. And have you know an actual plan if we're somewhere in a public place and stuff hits the fan, you know we don't have to think about it. We don't have to talk about it. We already know. Uh, she knows what I'm going to do. I know what she's going to do. We both have our jobs to do, and we depend on each other to to do those jobs. And that is something that I would love to get into. Um, hopefully, we'd never need it, but at the same time, uh, we'd have. Uh, I think it would be. I think it'd be a lot of fun to take the course, and I think it would be very, very valuable information uh, just to just to have. So, what else do you guys have the as far as training classes, things like that? It's a tough one because I mean it's it's pretty much you're limited by your pocketbook, really. I mean, I could take courses locally for. 100 bucks, 75, 100 bucks for a, say a three or four hour course, or I could save up the money and go do, you know, the Reed Hendricks one or go do tactical response or go do some of the Magpul core classes or, you know, um, and the, the thing is, the thing is about the, I watch these videos on YouTube and they're, they're so appealing because they look like they would be so much fun or it would be fun to learn how to fire under that kind of stress or learn those tactics, even though you might not ever apply them in your lifetime. If you're not going the military route, and you're not LE, you know, not LEO. Um, so that's part of the problem is in a lot, like you're mentioning before with all the tactical gear, there's kind of this appeal to it that just, it looks cool. It looks neat. It'd be awesome to have this or have that. You know, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big watch guy, which is funny because you hardly ever see me wearing watches. And some of the watches I'd like to get there, you know, $200, $250, which is really nothing for a watch anymore. They've got all these cool features on them, but do I really need an altimeter? Do I really need, you know, something that measures the pressure outside? Do I really need the temperature? I mean, I'm a Nebraskan. We know weather backwards and forwards because that's all we have in the state to talk about is weather. But I still want to get a watch that can tell me the weather. You know, it's just, it's got this cool, and it's got the, it's it's the all black with the black LED and stuff. It's part of it's a marketing hype, you know. Sometimes you see this stuff in TV shows and movies, and you want that product. Um, it's just a lot of it has to do with marketing, too. And so that's why I think sometimes it's a bit excessive, but... You know, buy stuff if you want it. Don't if you don't, you know. Absolutely. Um, okay, so one other thing I want to get into a little bit when it comes to uh, tactical versus practical and things like that is uh, not just being out away from home and possibly needing to uh, to defend yourself, but what about now home defense? and tactical gear, things like that. This maybe kind of is a little bit of a game changer as far as the what's practical and what's not. And again, I, I don't have uh, a plate carrier or any kind of body armor. Um, I'm not overly concerned where I live about a, a break-in either. But then at the same time, um, that doesn't mean that I don't want to be prepared. 
you know, just in case something like that would happen. So this, this could come down to state by state too, because if I am uh, in Nebraska, if I'm out on the street and I'm confronted and I have the ability to get away from the situation, then I am legally obligated to flee the situation instead of uh, drawing my gun. And it's only if I believe that, you know, I'm an imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury or, or rape or kidnapping. Those are the only times that I'm justified to use, uh, use my gun in, in a self-defense fashion. So things are different in Nebraska in my house or if I'm at work too. Um, but in inside the home, inside the workplace, we do not have a duty to retreat here. Some states, I think, maybe still do, and other states have castle doctrine. So maybe things are different where everybody lives, but at the same time, um, as far as home defense, things like that, um, are some of these items maybe a, a better idea than, than just the everyday carry? As far as, you know, the, the chest rig, multiple reloads, anything like that. I think that there's probably a lot you can do to defend your home with just simply a bedside good, a good bedside gun, nice standard capacity magazine, say 15 to 17 rounds. I think that would probably do the job for most people. Even your EDC, I think, would be more than more than adequate for, for a bedside gun. But I'm not opposed to somebody saying having an AR pistol or having a carby next to their bed, hopefully suppressed so they don't go deaf or a shotgun, right? <laughs> Something. Something's better than nothing. But you know, when, when, when the home invasion happens, are you going to have time to put on your chest rig and put on your, 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 your three gun belt and get your night vision goggles on? And, you know, I mean, I'm painting the extreme here, but there are probably people that have that tactical vest right next to their bed. And maybe they want that in case they got to bug out. But I mean, if somebody kicks the door and they're coming for you or they're coming for what you have, um, you know, you might not have a lot of response time depending on where your bedroom is located, your doors and so on. So I'd almost say that I mean, a lot of people could probably just get behind a simple, just a handgun or maybe an AR pistol, something for close quarters maneuverability, um, you know, the ability to have some sort of a flashlight or tactical light. But I mean, again, you can, you can set yourself up if you want to put a bear next to your door, go right ahead, but you might have some time, you know, some trouble setting that up before you have to defend yourself. I, I probably wouldn't go there personally, but uh, you know. Sure. Well, and, and I mean, even as far as flashlights go, you know, do you go weapon mounted? Do you go handheld? Do you go one of each? Yeah. There, there's good, there, I guess there's pros and there's cons to both of those methods. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'm not opposed to having both. Um, sure. Having a yeah. weapon mounted yeah. light, I, I, I understand the concept of if I'm using that to see what's going on, you know, downstairs as I'm coming down the steps, and I end up, you know, pointing the gun at the dog or, you know, the, the kid who came in past curfew and snuck in and made too much noise or whatever it is, um, you know, then I'm pointing the gun at something I don't want to shoot. So I understand the concept, but at the same time, sometimes it's nice to have both hands on your firearm and not uh, have to hold a flashlight, to, especially, I mean, if it's a rifle, then yeah, then for sure, but even a, even a handgun. Um, so... I honestly think that, in my mind, the best idea is, is maybe one of each. Uh, of course, I've, I've said many, many times, too, if if I'm 
checking out a noise in my house, the last thing I'm going to do is creep around in the dark with a flashlight. I'm kicking on every light before I enter the room. And sometimes that in, in itself is a deterrent. Um, lights come on, bad people tend to go running away if they were possibly up to no good and not completely committed to it. So that's why we have motion lights, right? Floodlights, things like that outside our homes, a lot of us. Uh, because it, it does kind of deter people from getting getting bad ideas. So I mean, uh, I've got, you know, for us, for home defense, I've got an alarm system on the house where we live that's got motion sensors and it's got the door sensors and window sensors and it's got a battery backup and it's got a cell phone connection to it in case the internet goes down. I mean, I've got a basic home security system. I think that offers a lot in sure. a regular life situation where you've got power going to your house every day. You're not in a, not in a doomsday scenario or anything like that. You know, I got a dog. He barks whenever he hears anything that's that's out of line for the house. And you then know, if he hears you when in doubt, you can say, Alexa, activate Home Invader Protocol. And yeah. you know, all the lights <laughs> yeah, come the, on and the stereo starts blaring. Let the bodies hit the floor. And Yeah, the uh, the armor plates like like slide down activate, the windows. Yep, and, release yep. the Claymore Roomba. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that or the Corgi just starts barking. Either way, it's the same thing. So it doesn't really matter. So, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, there's little things you can do. So if you, you know, if you don't, it just, just like at a minimum to give you some notice if there's somebody in your home in terms of home defense, you know, um, but now if you want to talk about defense of your property, say that there's civil unrest or there's something going on and people are ending up on your land, you know, then that's a whole different kind of situation with what you're going to be preparing for. <clears throat> But again, it all depends on how bad of a scenario you're 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 setting yourself up to live through. So, yeah, exactly. Well, and everybody's home is different too. It depends on if you live in town on a small lot, or if you live out in the country on, you know, acres um, yeah. or, or even sections of land. So, again, everything is is kind of dependent on each situation, and it, and we can we can only be kind of general here. Um, so as far as, you know, as far as that goes, that's, that's, uh, that's always going to be just a little bit, a little bit dependent on, on who you are and who we're talking about too. So, all right. Um, one other thing I wanted to get to, and it doesn't have anything to do with being tactical, but, uh, you, you all might've noticed that, uh, today is, is November the 5th. And uh, I just wanted to mention, and, and we can talk about this if anybody wants to, but uh, this is the anniversary of the gunpowder treason. And so uh, with everything that's been happening, if, if we want to kick off and have the discussion go a totally different direction here, um, we can discuss the gunpowder treason and whether or not anybody thinks that the, uh, the boogaloo is actually something that, that's going to happen. We know that's the, the code word now for the, I guess, that the people that think they're going to, to rise up and, and uh, rebel against like, Beto or whoever is going to be the next person to try and come door to door and take our stuff away, right? Um, so if anybody wants to make fun of people that think the boogaloo is a good idea, uh, I'm all for it. The only thing I want to say is that, um, and we've said it before, most of us have said this, uh, more than one time, but anybody who uh, anybody who can't even bother to go to rallies or have the conversation when they're with other people uh, about uh, 
just raising awareness for pro 2A ideas, pro 2A laws, uh, raising awareness against gun restrictions, things like that. Uh, if you can't even be bothered to do anything like that, what makes any of us think that you'll actually trade shots with with trained and skilled uh, law enforcement personnel if they come to uh, try and, and disarm you? Uh, I, I, that's just my thought. And, and I know we've said all this before, but the, the people that are getting themselves all worked up over something that, that hopefully never even comes to pass, um, they're... They're bugging me um, for two reasons. Number one, they're they're just feeding you know feeding fuel to the fire for the other side. The other thing is just what I said. Um, it's easy to talk big when you're typing on a keyboard. It's an ent entirely different situation when people are actually knocking on your door or don't knock and just just kick it in. So, um, anybody want to talk about the uh, the gunpowder treason or anything that comes with that? Yeah, um, posers. <laughs> when we were at the rally on Saturday, uh, Ohio 45 ACP, I don't know if he's out there on YouTube chat or not, and I were, where we were standing, we had a couple of guys, every speaker, every 10 to 30 seconds, were yelling boogaloo about everything. And what really made this funny is they were doing it during Maj's speech. If you were listening to what Maj was saying, which obviously they weren't, if you're not that. prepared to shed blood or have your family shed blood, shut up and sit down. And Maj I listened was, to that. That was awesome. And those guys completely missed the point of what he was saying. They were a bunch of kids. I remember those guys. Yeah, they had a lot to say about, well, pretty much everybody that had... I, and I get it. They, they were kind of frustrated with some of the speakers because of things that they had said or done in the past. And and to that, I think, you know, some people do need to get called out unless they've publicly admitted that they've changed their stance. But, yeah, they were they, they were young guys, and I, I think that's part of the reason they were, they were acting that way. I don't understand how you think that saying let's start a civil war and we're going to take and fight the government makes you patriotic when are you a voter are you a community organizer are you a town hall attender you know if your only answer is you made a law that i don't like or you're gonna make a law that i don't like so i'm gonna get my gun and try to kill you then you're a clown i don't care who you are you're a clown. We had a civil war for this. We had a revolutionary war for this. So we don't have to resort to killing each other every time we disagree. There's all kinds of steps that can be taken that these people don't take. And like Squib said, most of them are young and they're not even old enough to take these steps to avoid having to fight and kill each other. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think that I think that everybody that's listened to, to me talk very often here or, or anywhere else, um, I think everybody would, would understand that, uh, 
the last thing that I want to see is any kind of war, especially on American soil, and especially if it is of the civil variety where we've got Americans fighting other Americans. I, I don't want to see that. I don't even want to see gun owners fighting with other gun owners when it makes us look like a bunch of punks instead of a united front to actually try and gain some ground against these BS laws that are happening. That being said, um, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen for the same thing that I just said. There's not enough people that are actually willing to throw down when it comes down to it. And uh, I mean, it's easy to say, you know, 3% or things like that, but it's, it's a lot harder to back up than what people think it is. And, and once they realize that, oh my gosh, these people are shooting back. Oh my gosh, getting shot hurts. Oh my gosh. Uh, maybe I'm not as tough as I think I am. I, I can't imagine. I don't want to imagine. I don't want to ever find out. Those of you that have lived through those situations, I, I have the utmost respect for for you. I, I don't know what that's like, and I hope I never do. Um, but I, I I do kind of have fun making fun of some of the people that are yeah that are advocating for that. And I and it I laughed out loud when I was listening to. I don't even remember who's. Uh, whose video I was listening to, but I, I heard that, that uh, speech from Maj and when, when he said that and uh, I laughed out loud because it was, he was dead on. He was exactly right. And, uh, and I, that's the whole point. And that's what I keep trying to, trying to encourage people to do is we can avoid any of that by just opening up communication lines, just talking and I'm not even talking about communicating with anti-gun people. I'm talking about communicating with the people around you every day. Your friends, your family, your relatives. There are ways to get into these discussions without being combative and without um, without losing friends or you know trying to uh, or or triggering people, uh, things like that. Some people maybe you just learn to pick your battles right. Don't don't have the discussion with every single person, but at the same time, there are, there are conversations to have and there are ways to have the conversation that uh, can end in mutual respect, right? Um, agreeing to disagree, which I think is an art that we've lost a lot of the time in this country. And uh, <coughs> there's no need to, there's no need to ever have it come to that. No, that, that brings up another thing. You get all the, the same ones that are yelling boogaloo all the time are also out there all the time saying that the founders would have been firing their guns already. Would they? Do those people, do they, honestly, do people not study history anymore and not understand just how far the founders actually went to avoid a shooting war? They wasn't the founders that wanted the shooting war. It was the British. The British were the ones that acted aggressively. The founders kept trying to prevent that from happening. That was and of course, happen. nobody knows for sure exactly which side fired the first shot. But at the same time, it was uh, it was a, a disarmament attempt that uh, that kicked off the war, the shooting portion of the war. So, and that's that's what I I hope that cooler heads prevail on both sides, but I hope the anti-gun crowd remembers at the same time that um, taking away people's stuff was the catalyst that 
that started that war and, and it made us the country that we are. And we're a country that was, we're a country that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for guns. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe today have, have forgotten about that, but guns are as deeply ingrained to us as a country as, as anything else is um, guns and freedom go hand in hand. And I think most of us see it that way, which is why we feel so strongly the way that we do. But um, that is the notion that, that I wish that we could get to more people is that we don't want to shoot anybody. We don't want to shed any blood, but at the same time, we're not going to roll over and become victims or become servants either. And there's got to be a happy medium. There's a way to have neither one of those two things happen. And that's what we need to strive to find. And anybody that thinks that I'm saying that because I'm a coward or because I'm weak, uh, first of all, I don't really care what they what they have to say. But at the same time, it's not that. It's it's not that I'm I'm afraid to to have the fight. I'm just afraid that it's going to cost more than any of us are willing to spend on such a thing. And I'm not talking money. So um, that's why I want to try to avoid such a thing. That's why I've always tried to avoid any kind of thing like that, even in my personal life. Uh, the fact that I've never gotten into a fight doesn't mean I'm afraid to. It means that so far I've successfully negotiated not fighting my whole life. Uh, if I get backed into a corner and I don't have another choice, then, yeah, I'm not going down a victim. But uh, hopefully that never happens. Hopefully that never happens for our country. Hopefully we can get the word out that uh, that we're not going to put up with this. And the best way to do that is just to show up at the polls. Just, just go vote. Educate yourself. Educate the people around you. And then vote accordingly. Uh, I know this chat kind of, like I said, it went a completely different direction from from where we started, but uh, but that's kind of how I feel about that. And then somebody mentioned out in the chat too, um, the uh, <laughs> the fact that Beto kind of got thrown to the wolves because he said what nobody else was willing to say, um, you know, about yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take your AR-15, we're gonna take your AK-47 away. Um, that is something that. Uh, Apparently, somebody on The View has said, well, that was dumb. If you're going to do it, don't telegraph it. Get elected first and then take them away. Don't announce your plans ahead of time. Well, the thing is, we're pretty well aware that that's what all of them want to say. It was refreshing to see somebody actually come out and, and say it out loud, but it wasn't news to any of us that are pro-gun. Uh, we knew that he was probably slitting his own throat, that he he was kind of getting used as, I think he was just getting used as a pawn on the chessboard, to be honest. But um, he's also been made an example to the other candidates that, hey, if you're going to just announce to the world what cards you're holding in your hand, then uh, you're going to get voted off the island, right? You're not going to be uh, part of the club and, and we're going to turn our back on you and, and nobody's going to support you and we will tell CNN to attack you, which happened. So, I think that uh, anybody on the anti-gun um, 
or with the anti-gun agenda, especially if they're running for public office, especially if they're running for president, I think they're all taking notes and seeing that the Joy Behar school of thought is probably the one that they should follow. And I think that that's going to happen. I think they're going to be a lot more secretive. There'll be a lot of people that'll go back to saying, hey, nobody wants to take away your guns. We just want to take away the weapons of war or whatever it is that they're saying. But wasn't it refreshing just for once to have a politician come out and just just be honest with us or not? I mean, normally they dodge around the question. They don't ever answer the question that they're asked. But this guy just came out and said, you know what? Yeah, I'm coming for it. All right. I disagree with you. Great having this conversation with you. We need more of those open conversations. That's what we really need to know how you really feel. You know, tell us how you really feel, bud. By the way, Seven Wonders, uh, I just couldn't remember who said it because I, I'm too lazy to try and scroll back up and because I can't talk and then scroll back up and find stuff as I'm talking. I'm not that talented. So uh, I remembered seeing it, didn't remember who said it. But uh, if it was you, then cool, Seven Wonders. It was Seven Wonders that said that. But anyway, um, all right. Does anybody else have anything that uh, that they want to throw out as far as uh, this topic or, or anything else that, that we, we've we covered tonight. Uh, I've got to get up early for work, so I don't think we're going to go too much longer here. We'll kind of start wrapping stuff up. But I don't want to cut anybody off that was wanting to say something either. Just raises some pretty good points about the whole tactical thing. You know, does it, does it take things a little bit too far? Are we kind of overdoing it a bit? I mean, is it... It is popular and cool now to have a lot of this gear on and have all these cool, you know, like military shirts and stuff that we wear and tactical inspired swag, but is it really necessary? I don't know. I mean, I, I love this. I think it's great. I'm kind of an enthusiast for, enthusiast for myself, but, you know, are we just posers? I hope not. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and that's, that, again, like I said, if, if, if you... If you have that stuff or if you want that stuff and you can afford that stuff, go buy that stuff. Knock yourself out. Have fun. This is a capitalist nation. You should be able to buy anything that you can afford to buy as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else in the process. So I'm cool with that part. But I, I just wanted to kind of kick off the notion of, you know, I'm seeing a lot of this stuff and it, it's, you know, it's called tactical or whatever. But at what point in my life do I need to to make the decision and just say, you know what, it's, it's not for me. This doesn't affect, uh, or it doesn't, uh, um, play into the way that I, that I live my life day to day. Um, and then the other thing that I worry about is we can put on some of the, look at you go there. Rambo P one, one, you're muted. I can't hear you, but we can see you. <laughs> I gotta go get the mail. I'll be right back. You guys be cool. You gonna let the dog out. Don't risk it. Travis. Come on, Don't Charlie. Go, <laughs> um but no um shoot now i just completely lost what i was gonna say but uh i'm sure it was not gonna be <laughs> i'm gonna be that big of a deal anyway um all right anybody else have anything they want to they want to add in there well to your guys' point <clears throat> um i think really the only thing that's really useful for me anyway um when it comes to like the tactical stuff would be like the plate carrier, but um, they really haven't developed like the technology to make it to where they can have it so thin on the body that they can 
go around and not have people notice. So, and with the tactical stuff, it just really depends on how you feel comfortable with it and regarding like um, also paying an image to what children and other people also see with it. So it's kind of a little bit how I feel up about it. I'm not completely for it, but I'm not completely against it at the same time either. So that's kind of my little spiel about it. So sure. I don't remember what I was going to say. I was, I was about to say if you, uh, if you have that drop leg holster, things like that, and, uh, and you go out to the range and you practice with that, that's great. And, and there's a, there's a place for that. But then if you're not practicing with your concealed carry holster and, and you only ever practice with that, that drop leg or the outside the waistband holster, whatever it is, uh, I think you're doing yourself a disservice there too, because the, the holster that you wear the most often and the clothes that you wear the most often, that's what I would suggest if you're going to the range, um, at least get comfortable drawing that way, whether you're doing in the house with your unloaded firearm or you're actually practicing drawing and firing with live ammo. Um, but you've got to get proficient with that concealed carry holster. That's, that's the big one in my mind because I don't live in a place. I don't work in a place where I can, uh, open carry very easily. Um, probably could open carry most places in the town I live, but, um, it may or may not cause a panic and it may or may not have, you know, have somebody call the cops on me and, and I, I could deal with that if I had to, but for the most part, I carry concealed. So nobody knows it's there. gray man. Right. But I also do practice drawing from concealment, moving my cover garment, whatever it is. Um, because that is the scenario I'm most likely to find myself in. And, uh, and I don't practice a whole lot drawing from a seated position. Like I'm in a car or things like that. But, uh, um, I can see where that would actually be a good thing to do too. At the very least, if I take a chair out to the range and draw from a seated position at the range, uh, I don't have a vehicle that I can, you know, take a chance of shooting up and, and practice from that. So, but I could definitely see that uh, there's some, some merits for that. If you're going to wear all the tactical cool gear and stuff and, and use that at the range, that's great. But just, re, you know, keep in mind if, if you're a concealed carrier you're going to want to practice with that gear too. Um, you owe it to yourself to be able to do that. You don't want to grab your gun and then find out you've got a handful of shirt with it or go to reholster your gun and find out that, you know, there's something in, in the way that hooks the trigger and, and you uh, send one down your leg or right close to it or something like that. So uh, again, that's the only other thing I would, uh, I would throw out there and, and Kingpin saying to my wife, not to let me borrow her car. Uh, She's a better shot than I am. I'm not going to shoot up her car. <laughs> Plus, I don't like driving it. So she's right. Yeah. I don't despise the car. I just despise the the lack of visibility in it. Don't buy a 2011 Ford Taurus if you ever plan to back it up and be able to see if somebody's coming down the street when you're backing out into the street. So that's that right there. All right. Well, we will go back around the horn and uh, let everybody say... Uh, good night. Any channel or video plugs they want to make. So uh, the first and foremost that uh, that I had in here with me tonight was Squib Load. Thanks for being here, Squib. 
Yeah, well, I mean, somebody's got to talk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, also, we had uh, Travis B11 with us. Yeah, I appreciate you putting them on the goofiness, my goofiness and so on. I'm just a little tired right now, so I'm having a little bit of fun at this point. But, uh, yeah, no, guys, make sure you subscribe to everybody on the on this panel. Make sure you subscribe to Sand Hill Shooter if you're not subscribed yet. And mash the bell so you don't miss any notifications when the new content comes out. Thanks, man. You betcha. Uh, a newcomer to the chat and uh, a welcome addition, 402 Outdoorsman. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, thank you, Sand Hill Shooter. Um, appreciate it. Um I'm going to be coming out with some, hopefully some new content with some hunting and product reviews on some uh, Glock 19 slides, hopefully. So be on the lookout for that. Um, anyways, not subscribing to you, just uh, head on over to St. Hill Shooters and give, give you a good subscribe there. So I think that's all I got for right now. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for being Your here. Your channel is 402 Outdoorsman, all one word. V402 um, Outdoorsman. Yeah, V402 Outdoorsman. Because I, I tell you what, when I try to search for channels on YouTube by name, if you're not specific, it just doesn't doesn't seem to want to go there. So it's the space for Outdoorsman or all one word. Um, yeah, it's all space. So the 402 Outdoorsman. So. I'm going to throw it in the uh, chat here, too. There is a link to the 402 Outdoorsman's channel. Thank you. Right there in the YouTube chat, so you can get to that. And, uh, yeah, go go subscribe. And then, again, click that notification bell so when those reviews come up, you get to see, uh, you get to see what it is. There's some really cool fishing gear uh, that's been reviewed. Right? Do you have anything besides the fishing gear up there right now in the dog videos? Um, currently I don't right now okay. because I was, it's been, it's been a little while with the summer fishing and all that stuff going on, but, um, now I'm getting around to doing all the gun reviews and all that stuff. So should be good. Sweet, sweet. Awesome. All righty. Well, thanks for being here, man. We will, uh, we'll get you on the list and, and, uh, invite you back anytime you want to come back. So right, next sounds up, good. thank you. Yeah. Next up, the, the guy that was in here first, obnoxious one. Yes, sir. Oh, there he is. Thank yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, cool. I'm here. I'm just not I'm chatting after. Nope. I'm just I'm just, you know, trying to do 18 things and I hit the wrong button. Uh, I won't thanks, tell. thanks for having me. Uh, you can check out my channel, Obnoxious One. You can check out my Instagram. I'm going to drop a link for the video I released today. That is Edgar Antion. He gave a fantastic speech at the rally when we were there Saturday. Um, not that not that I don't want the views and the watch time, but he deserves to have people see this this speech. So that's out there. Uh, I have Carrie Sloan. I have her speech going live tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, and then I have a Colt King Cobra versus a GP100 that'll go up on Thursday. And then you'll start seeing some Wanamaker stuff. So awesome. There. Double A, I didn't realize that you didn't get a link tonight. I thought you were in the list. So my bad. I will I will get you back in here, pal. Um, no, nobody's been blacklisted. All righty. Gizzard Gary, thanks for uh being here with us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh I will also be heading to Wanamaker here in a couple days, so uh, 
look for some shows, perhaps some live streams and stuff once I get there. Plenty of videos coming from there. And yeah, anything you want to see, let me know. And uh, thanks for the invite. Cannot wait. Wish we were going, but with deer season coming up, I couldn't take time off for both. So uh, we are, we've got the weekend blocked off next April. So hopefully uh, quite a few people will make it next year in April because I want to go hang out with some friends. Again. Awesome. But we are planning on going. If you want to do a little carpooling, Gary, we'll have to talk next spring. Yeah, hit me up. Cool. All right. Sounds I'll go, good. I'll go pick him up on the way down. There you go. Sweet. I'll get him. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. All righty. Rich, this week unloaded. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. I, I think me and Travis hogged most of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I did a lot of talking too. It's okay. Well, it's because we're the tactic coolest out of everyone here. So, you know, I mean, I've, got yeah, the, I've been wearing cargo pants since the 90s. You know, I mean, it's it's just kind of who I am. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's no shave November. So, Travis will get that operator beard back within about three days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're working on that right now. Look, see, we're, uh, we're making some progress here. Oh, look at you go. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. Yeah, it's getting a little, getting a little itchy. What did so. you stop shaving on Sunday? Uh, <laughs> I stopped the day after that career fair that I went to, so October 16th. Okay. So we're just going on three weeks right now. There we go. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, if you were nice Much to the dismay of my grandma like and my mom, but what's that? So if you were a nice trick, you'd already look like a werewolf. That's true. I know, man. Night trick shaved about or, three times uh, a day. Or a young Ron Howard, as I always say. So, yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. And then last but certainly not least, we had the Kingpin himself. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah, thanks for being here and hanging out with us. I know it's late. So we appreciate all you East Eastern time zone people for hanging out late with us. Um, and, of course, uh, you cannot see her, but my, uh, my co-pilot and hot date for life, has been hanging out here, holding it down in the chat as well. So thanks to Sandy Old Sweetheart for uh, keeping me on the straight and narrow path. And we also have, um, well, before I read off the list, I did want to show this off. I have not yet made the video, but I did get, I don't know if I can get the camera to show this off. I did get this, uh, it's not going to focus, this backplate from Millspin. Oh, yeah. Do they have any specials going on right now? Because uh, Black Friday, weren't they 50% off or something? Last I knew they were 40% off, but I don't know how long that oh, lasted. Wow. So, so go to millspin.com and just check out and see what specials they have. They've always got some cool discount codes. And I get emails from them with every special. You can get on their email list, and they'll they'll give you the discount code. They've got some really cool deals. I actually got uh, – I got and if you can't read it, it says, get off my lawn, and it's got the Gadsden snake on it. So we'll be switching the uh, – the Glock out to the get off my lawn. And then we also got, because it was Glocktober, we got the nice little bottle opener key ring as well. So I'll be showing those off in a video here pretty soon. It's been crazy around our house. Uh, it's been busy with work and, and everything else going on. So I haven't got the videos shot that I want to shoot yet. So that's coming. And then we have got the list. So everybody that uh, said hi out in the chat, if you were watching live and you didn't chat with us, then we don't know you're here. So you've got to say hi so we can say hi back to you because we want to know who's out there. And if you're watching this on replay, go ahead and leave a comment down below because we like to know that you're watching out there too at the same time. So hit the thumb up if you like it, uh, make a comment, 
and then share the heck out of it if you if you can. Let everybody else know that this is this is a fun time every Tuesday night or almost every Tuesday night. So uh, out there in the chat, we had Jay Brown, we had Blitz, Mike, SS Pawn, Ten X Shooters, Snob's Wife, Keith Gregory, Two Live Moo, Jason Stewart, Georgia Trucker sixty nine, Travis T. That's other other Travis, I believe. Uh, the Redneck Prepper. I don't think I've seen the Redneck Prepper in here before. So uh, thanks for joining us. Very cool to see some new names come through here. Dead Horse, uh, Other Travis, Midnight Range TM. We had Other Other Travis before Other Travis. Gun Loving Grandpa's out there. Obnoxious doing double duty. Rich doing double duty. 38 Super Partisan. Uh, new York Outcast. Kingpin doing double duty as well. We had Dangerous Freedom, The Poor Conservative. Calaveras, uh, Mouth and Off. I saw you getting lippy out there, but you didn't come in the, in the panel, so I couldn't trash you too bad. Seven Wonders out there, Kinky Sphincter, Gizzard Gary holding it down, Tack Daddy was here, Idaho Rogers USMC, Sarge was out there, Patriot in the Dark, Consolidated 1776, Double A, Fusano, General Relativity, Joe Smith, and Agorizer. Uh, so, again, thank you all of you very much for joining us. We don't have a chat if we don't have you, so we do... There it is. Uh, we do appreciate all of you uh, joining us and all the support that you get. Um, if you like what you do and and uh, you want to help out, we're never gonna we're never going to uh, expect it or insist on it. But we do have a Patreon uh, page as well, so people can go support us there. Uh, anybody that uh, that wants to to help out and keep the keep the stuff going, because as that money builds up, then we can dump it back into better stuff like cameras and microphones and. And uh, now I have a new computer, and I can edit videos better. And I've got to, I've got to uh, get that done to help justify the the cost of that. So we appreciate you. We love all of you. And on behalf of myself, Sandhill Sweetheart, everybody in the panel, get off my lawn. And whoop! I didn't have it. There we go. Just, get off yeah. my lawn. I give him the bird. Or, uh, 